0: Learn more at marines.com. All righty, welcome to the program. What is it, a Tuesday? It's the afternoon. It's the 21st of November. We're getting towards the back end of the season. We're all excited about what is happening uh, across the sporting world. We're still basking in the glory of that extraordinary win. It was early hours yesterday morning. We spoke about it a lot yesterday, but it was absolutely superb. The Australian 11 have done it. They have won for the sixth time the Cricket World Cup. We'll speak a little bit about that today. We might even get a talk topic that has been informed out of a tweet from seven years ago. We'll get to that very shortly as well. G'day afternooners. Thanks for tuning in. However you are listening, SEN welcomes you to what we like to describe here as our very broad house of worship. We're doing it all thanks to SBS Fence. Remember, portable toilet and temporary fence hire in Sydney. Go to sbsfence.com.au. That's Alex and the team, the listeners across the SEN network. So I'm talking about SEN Q693am in Brizzy. senator 1170 a.m. in Sydney and, of course, SEN app anywhere, anytime. Get in touch with the program. Do it via the open line, 1300-01-1170. Get us on the text line as well, 0457-736-736. The best contribution across that. We'll have a chance to win $100 cash. We do that all thanks to Tristan and the team at Top Sport. Well, they do it all thanks to us or... And we're very grateful for it. Uh, We've also got the Who Am I? I know, I know. Uh, The Signet Boost Power Bank. It's valued at just under $50. Remember the Signet Boost Power Bank. I've got one. I've got one right here. Uh, We'll keep your phone, tablet and earbuds powered 24-7. Right, what's coming up? Tuesday means Jaleesa Apps is on the line. She's Channel 7 sports reporter. Of course, she stayed up very late watching the Cricket World Cup. So we'll talk to her about that. And her beloved Canberra Raider Jack White and turning up to the South Sydney Rabbitohs for the first time at training. So we'll have a chat to J.A. about that. Second-tier competition in the world of football has been announced. We've got the Socceroos in action. So we'll speak to Daniel Garber about that, respected football commentator. The 2 o'clock flock is on. Afternoons amplified sports update. As I mentioned, the Who Am I, the text line for SBS Fence. The talk topic is there as well. And we're just looking to track down Phoenix Goddard, who is the recruit from the GWS Giants. They picked up in the AFL draft last night. So we'll be working on that over the course of the next three hours. But let's go back to that cricket. Alan Border, the great Alan Border, the skipper of the first ever Australian team to win a Cricket World Cup. He did it in uh, India as well. He said... Travis Head is a future Australian captain and his batting reminds him of Ian Botham. So there you go. He said, oh, look, stop trying to be a you know proper batsman, a classical batsman. And he said when Both started swinging from the cheap seats, he thought, oh, here we go. So um, he's got the courage to say, these are the words that Alan Border: I'm not going to graft away like Marnus or Smithy and play the classical test match innings. I will be a see it, hit it, Cricketer. Well, it wasn't that he is absolutely hey, superb. Player of the, the match me. is uh, from the World Cup final. He did it in the semi-final and he did it from the World Test Championship as well. So absolutely incredible. The rise and rise of a Travis Head. And just on that, would you believe that with all those cricket fans over there in India, a few of them have taken to social media and suggested that mm, uh, they've got. Uh, a little bit of, uh, what would you call it, uh, trolling to do of some of the Australian cricketers, mostly their wives, uh, foreign journalists. Uh, Jimmy Neesham somehow been caught up in all of this. Uh, now, Glenn Maxwell's wife, Vinnie Rahman, is of Indian descent. She's posted something out on social media. And cue all the hateful, vile DMs. Stay classy. Um, well, I'm shocked. I don't know about anyone else. I'm shocked that. This has emerged on social media out of 1.4 billion people. Um, any surprises has happened? No, no surprise to me on this one. So this is not, well, I, obviously the people who post this stuff need to be held accountable for it. So too do the people who are running the social media platforms. that is a separate issue that has been talked about a lot. So keep giving us your thoughts on the cricket. Well, I was talking earlier to the analyst. I know, I know. Um, But we decided that it was a high-variance strategy. You know how we've we've talked often about a high-variance strategy? If you're the outsider in a game of rugby league, then you have to play differently to beat the team. I would suggest that it was a high-variance strategy that the Australian cricket team took into this final. So India had won 10 straight in the tournament. They had to do things a little bit differently. And maybe with that bit of pressure coming on to India. uh, And we saw how animated and nervous Rohit Sharma was when he was playing against New Zealand in the semi final. I think that was really interesting as well. So, um, that is just an example of what pressure can do at the highest level. Let's get to a little bit of rugby league. So, we've got Jack Whiten, first day at the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Let's hear, see, and think how Jack's doing on his first day. First day, guys. I'm nervous I'm a bro. No, let me recruit Jackie White. Yeah. All right, everyone, very excited to have Jack there. I know Coach K is extremely excited to have Jack White there. So we've got Latrell Mitchell at fullback, Jack White at left center, Alex Johnson at left wing, Campbell Graham at right center. So where does that leave Tane Milne, Isaiah Tass, Isaac Tuitupo Thompson? And, of course, Tyrone Munro, who announced himself last year. So uh, five into one does not go. Uh, so that'll be very interesting. A uh, high-level problem for the South Sydney Rabbitohs to have on that one. Unfortunately, the Canterbury-Bankstown Bulldogs, they will not have C siwa toki So he was struggling to get that release from Catalan. Catalan said, all right, we'll give you the release. He had to then pass the medical from the Bulldogs, and he hasn't done that from all reports. It is a foot issue. And as a result of that, the Bulldogs have decided to walk away. So the Bulldogs, over the course of this last three or four months, have lost Luke Thompson to Vita Pangai Jr., now CSIWA Talkiaho. So you just wonder what war chest they are building to replace those players. So very interesting. Looks like they'll have some some money to spend on that one. Uh, Matty Moylan. I think we mentioned this yesterday too, didn't we? Couldn't make that sharky side at the end of the year. Braden Trindle taking his spot there. So had one year remaining on his contract. So they've said, oh, if you can get somewhere else, go for it. Uh, The Lee Leopards have come in. Adrian Lamb, the coach there. So you had a one-year deal at the Sharks. We'll give you a two-year deal at Lee. So he's going to head over there. It's a good part of the world, Lee. Drove through Lee a number of times on the way from Salford to Wigan. So uh, he'll be there for a couple of years. So what is it? 102 games at the Sharks, 89 games at the Panthers, three games for New South Wales at State of Origin level. I thought this was interesting. Benji Marshall, we know that he's been thrown in the deep end in many ways by the West Tigers. He's only had one year as an assistant coach. He was supposed to have at least two, and now he's going to be the head coach. And it looks like that uh, there's opinion divided on whether this is a good thing or a bad thing for Benji. Uh, Benny Elias saying, look, he'll be fine. He's capable of doing extraordinary things. Interesting that Tiger's great Blocker Roach has come out and said, this is a mistake handing an inexperienced marshal the reins for the toughest job in rugby league. So very inter- not often you get that, do you? Usually, you know, we're all rowing the same direction. But if you firmly believe it, Stephen Blocker Roach has come out and said that. I'd just love for a West Magpies legend to be asked for their opinion. Why not Paul Langmack? Lang has played some great seasons at the Magpies and is a former NRL coach. Same with Jason Taylor. Western Suburbs. never hear from them. John Cogger. we got any of that. No. The thing about Benji taking this on is that he was offered a five-year deal on huge money, huge money. So we know he was a, an elite TV talent and we know that he had all these other things going on. I think he won celebrity apprentice and all of that sort of thing. But so to get him over the line, for that, you had to offer him a, a large contract and you had to make it long term. And as a result of that, you've now got the situation where your NRL head coach is going in and they've got three games, essentially, as a head coach, as coaching experience. Speaking of coaching, Daniel Herbert, the Rugby Australia chairman, has come out and said, look, uh, we're not going to rush into appointing a coach. What we are going to rush in to do is appoint a director of high performance. So, How is this going to work? So we heard from Timmy Horan yesterday. We asked him about, well, who do you think should be the new coach of the Wallabies? Dan McKellar and Stephen Larkin were a couple of the names that he put up. But a high-performance director will essentially be charged with the task of appointing the next Wallabies coach. Scotty Johnson did it 2018-19. But from all reports, that was more to rein in Michael Checker, as if Michael Checker thought he needed reining in. I'm sure Michael didn't think that was the case but it'll be interesting you know what i think in the issue here high performance director give him another name so last week we spoke to matt cameron what's matt cameron's title out there at the penrith panthers he's the ceo of rugby league so as a result of that he carries a fair bit of weight not the general manager of football he's the ceo of rugby league so if you're going to be this rugby australia and get as far as your organisational chart, the structure of it is where the Wallabies coach is reporting to the director of high performance. Why don't you call them the CEO of rugby? You've got Phil War, who's the CEO of Rugby Australia. Call that person the CEO of rugby. Changes your mindset straight away. The fact that the Wallabies coach answers to someone in high performance, that's strange. But if the Wallabies coach is answerable to the CEO of rugby, changes immediately the way you should think about that. So there you go. A little bit of free advice for Rugby Australia from the Afternoons program on SCN. Speaking of, Michael Hooper has made it to Centennial Park for his first training session for the Rugby Sevens team. So it looks like he'll be heading over to... Where do they go first up? I think. Oh, they got a first one. uh, And then they come back to Perth, don't they, for that one. So this is after he was left out of the 15... Uh, man game for the World Cup. So he and Quade Cooper and Bernard Foley, not the right role models for the team going forward. I'm sure John Manenti, the coach of the Sevens, thinks they are the right role model. I told you about Phoenix Goddard. This is a good yarn too, isn't it? Turned up at the AFL draft, basically with his mate, Connor O'Sullivan, who's from the Murray Bush Rangers. Didn't think he'd get selected. His mate went up number 11 for Geelong and then Phoenix Goddard went up number 12 for the Giants. So they did a little switcheroo. They traded that with their number seven trade at Adelaide. So this is who the Giants have got. Well done to Phoenix Goddard. Are we supporters of the draft? I know there's a lot of people, you know, Wayne Bennett's come out again and said, look, that we're the only sport on the planet that doesn't have a draft to go hand in hand with the salary cap. And I know that's the case. But the problem with that is in 1991, the draft was shown to be illegal terry hill challenged it despite the fact that he played the year at the eastern suburbs roosters he challenged it and the next year the draft was out and terry was at the western suburbs magpies so um, i'm not sure how that is going to stick the national second tier competition we're going to speak about this to daniel garb a little bit later on the teams that are in apia leichardt avondale marconi stallions preston lions sydney olympic sydney united 58. South Melbourne, and the Wollongong Wolves, So all of those teams from either Victoria or New South Wales. And this big fight, it's getting a little nasty, isn't it? Nikita Zoo up against Dylan Biggs. Who's walking in last? Have we had that sorted yet? Surely we've got that sorted. Tomorrow night, we'll talk more about this a little bit later on in the program. It'll be on a main event. So we are looking forward to that is what's going to be a very competitive fight and the most competitive, we would think, for Nikita during the course of his seventeen professional, uh, seven professional bouts. Just before we go to the break and we speak to our little mate, Jaleesa Apps, we've got to do our talk topic for today. So the talk topic for today is on the back of a tweet sent on December 6, 2016 by Shane Keith Warren, who said, I'm a big fan of Travis Head as a cricketer. I believe he will be a future star for Australia in all forms of the game. So in the year, it was seven years before Travis Head was named player of the match in the World Test Championship and then player of the match in the semifinal of the ICC Cricket World Cup and then the final of the ICC Cricket World Cup. So talk topic today, fearless predictions. So we know that some worked better than others. That one from Warney worked an absolute treat. Here's one. From back in the archives, Tony Gregg didn't quite work out so well. And I remember seeing him looking kind of pompous and, you know, making this statement. You must remember, the West Indians, these guys, if they get on top, they're magnificent cricketers. But if they're down, they grovel. Ah, infamous statement and prediction. From Tony, Greg, there was all sorts of uh, racist connotations around it that I'm sure that Tony actually uh, always uh, acknowledged that he he didn't say anything racist about that. And he was apologising for that comment for the rest of his career. Why not? It's straight out of the fire in Babylon documentary. That five-match series in 1976, England versus the West Indies, the West Indies won it 3-0. The one-day series, the West Indies won that 3-0. As well. Who was the player of the series in the test series? Isaac, Vivian, Alexander Richards, who got it in the one day series? That's Saviv as well. So there you go. Fearless predictions, ladies and gents. On the back of warning getting it right seven years ago about Travis Head. Let us know. 1 01 and get us on the text line 0457 736 736. All right, we break, and then after that, we're back with JA.